0: Later, when I wrote my first novel, I tried to balance Miss Stein's quotation from The Garage Keeper with one from Ecclesiastes. But that night walking home, I thought about the boy in the garage and if he had ever been hauled in one of those vehicles when they were converted to ambulances. I remembered how they used to burn out their brakes going down the mountain roads with a full load of wounded and breaking in low and finally using the reverse and how the last ones were driven over the mountainside empty so they could be replaced by big fiats with a good eight-shift and metal-to-metal brakes. Ernest Hemingway, A movable Feast Welcome to the Revisionist History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight, no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul, and it's still Banned Books Week here in the United States, and today's episode goes along with that. Revisionist history doesn't always occur when people change things. It also occurs when people forget things. Over the past several years, between 2014 and 2018, we were remembering the 100th anniversary of the events of World War I. But as comprehensive as that remembrance was, there was one group that got left out. And I think that needs to be corrected. I've said before that you can learn as much about history from fiction as you can from a textbook. And also that history isn't just events, it's the people that participated in those events. Well, today, I want to introduce you to a very little known, but important group from World War I, the Literary Ambulance Drivers. So who were these volunteers known as gentlemen drivers? First, I'd like to mention a few literary women Who were not allowed to serve as ambulance drivers in the First World War. They were confined rather to hospital service and other volunteer duties. Both Gertrude Stein and her partner Alice B. Tuckless, served in hospitals in Paris and in other relief areas. And Sylvia Beach, the owner of Shakespeare and Company, in the years after the war, served in relief work throughout France, as well as with the Red Cross in post-war Serbia. The war inspired Gertrude Stein's perhaps most famous quote when she told Hemingway years later that he and all of those who had served in the war were a lost generation. To this day, that term is applied to the authors of that immediate post-war period of the 1920s and 1930s most of whom served in some capacity in the war, and many of whom were ambulance drivers. That distinguished list includes E.E. Cummings, John Passos, Ernest Hemingway, Archibald MacLeish, Somerset Maugham, Hugh Walpole, and a number of other writers not really known that well to us today. It's worth noting that with the exception of Maugham, who had published before World War I began, None of these authors were published prior to the end of the war. And thus, all of their work was in some way influenced by their experiences. Dos Passos and Hemingway were both Americans who volunteered before America entered the war. Dos Passos served as an ambulance driver in France and then later in Italy where he first met Hemingway. Hemingway was seriously wounded by artillery fire about a month after he and Dos Pasos met. But by that time, they had begun a friendship that would last for the next three decades, tested only by yet another war, this time their opposing sides during the Spanish Civil War. In the interim, however, they produced some of the most influential and amazing literature to come out of post-war period. Dos Passos is best known for his novel Three Soldiers and his USA trilogy, particularly 1919 and the 42nd parallel. And Hemingway, of course, as anyone who's taken high school English is well aware, wrote the all-time classic A Farewell to Arms. A Farewell to Arms is a thinly veiled biography written as fiction about Hemingway's time as an ambulance driver in Italy, his recovery in a hospital there following his injuries, and his love for a nurse that he met during that recovery. More importantly, than the autobiographical and romantic angles, however, is the view of both life and war that comes through in the book, and that Hemingway pretty much retained throughout his life. Hemingway believed that war was unavoidable, but that in spite of this, it did give the opportunity for one to exhibit courage and perhaps, in the best of circumstances, achieve glory. Courage in the face of conflict was, after all, what Hemingway valued most. In Three Soldiers, by contrast, Dos Passos presents a compelling argument against war and he remained anti-war throughout his life he did not see it as something unavoidable but rather as something to be avoided at all costs as wonderful as those and other books of the time were however the one that's my favorite and the one that I personally think is the best wasn't written until about the second year of World War II and it was written not by an American but by an Englishman. Somerset Maugham is not considered one of the Lost Generation writers, partly because he was considerably older than all of them. He volunteered as an ambulance driver in the Great War, mainly because at 40 years old he was already too old for military service in the British Army. He actually revised drafts of his best known novel, Of Human Bondage, while he was in France during the war. But for me, his finest novel and the best novel about the World War I experience was The Razor's Edge. If you've listened to other episodes of this podcast, you may have heard me mention The Razor's Edge before and how I have reread it every year since around 1985. The novel tells the story of a young man who served as a pilot in World War I and witnessed the carnage firsthand and then his search for meaning in the years following the war. It tells of how, upon his return to America, because mom made his main character an American, his friends couldn't understand why he couldn't just get back on with life and jump on the now-booming jazz age that had started and the focus on making money that everyone else was involved in. The war was terrible, yes, but he should just get over it and move along. The book also explores how this me-first view was shattered when the Great Depression hit in 1929 and how the main character searched for meaning made a little more sense then to everyone else around him. If you read the Razor's Edge today, it's hard not to see the parallels between the Iraq War, the Great Recession, and a number of other things going on in America right now. And I believe that just like after World War I, in the years to come, we will see some powerful fiction brought forward by authors whose lives and worldview were shaped by their service in Iraq and Afghanistan. Some will say if you want to know about World War One or any period of history, read the history books, watch the documentaries. And those are all very valid. I do both of those things. But, as I think listeners of this podcast know, there are many times... truth can be told much more effectively in fiction than it can in history and the truth told by those heroic gentlemen literary ambulance drivers is something that we should all pay attention to keep on reading Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you're finding this podcast both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. It'll help us create more content and go a long way toward making this podcast completely ad-free. Thanks again.